Today I'm going to continue with part three of our message. I have quite a bit of reading today. And so today I want to pick up with the subject or the title is Holding Fast to the Word of God, part three. Holding Fast to the Word of God. Let me give you the passages that we will be reading. I'm going to be reading portions of Acts. And as you know, we've been taking kind of a, a course of going through Paul's missionary journeys as we tied into Timothy being in Ephesus. And so getting the history of getting where the founding of the church began, today we're going to look specifically at passages related to Ephesus, look at some of the history of Ephesus, draw a few points, and then we'll conclude. Justin, I'm not sure where you've been, but I called and asked your friend about you. I hadn't seen you, so I wasn't, wasn't sure if everything was okay, but it's good to see you here today. Good to see you. My good friend from First Missionary, Miss Kim Thomas, <laughs> the sister of my classmate, Sheila, sisters Melba, Sylvia, brothers Terry, Bobby, Robert, Raha, and Randy, <laughs> Kim, it's good to see you. Who did I forget? Oh, I forgot Helen. Oh, I forgot Helen, Helen. That's right, Helen. I haven't seen Helen in such a long time, but the sister Helen. <laughs> Used to call her father Pie Man. <laughs> it is good to see her. Pray that your health is doing well. Would you bow your head with me, please? We love you today, God, and we thank you for the wonderful grace and the love and the mercy of the King. And we pray today that you will give us a word to hear for the ones that are here, those that are listening in on the phones or at a distance. We pray that, God, you will speak in a mighty and a special way. We do honor you and we love you and give you the praise in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Cass, how you doing up there? Good to see you, my friend. <laughs> Good to see Cass, and thank you. I was going to read a note that I got from a radio listener in Avada, Colorado. Sent a wonderful note, handwritten note, saying that he appreciates us preaching the Word of God and that he has enjoyed listening on Sundays in Colorado as we are on KLTT 670. And so he sent a word and blessed us. And then he said, I then went to your website. And I was surprised to see on the pictures, and thank you for all the pictures you have, a teaching on the feast. And so when I called the individual, Sister Michelle, who teaches on the feast, she said, well, is the teachings on there? I said, it actually is on the pictures that scroll by in just the flip chart on the board. It's there. And he saw that. And he said, many churches don't teach on the feast. And so he said, I was I was really glad to see that. And then he sent us a wonderful gift as well and said, use it as you see fit. I mean, a wonderful gift to the ministry. And so we are grateful for him. And so I gave a recognition just with his initials today on the radio <laughs> telling him, thank you. Holding fast to the word of God, part three. And because I have quite a bit of reading, let me get to the passages. I'm going to be reading Acts chapter 19, various passages. Verse one, verses eight through ten. 
and then verses 21 through 31. Then 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, and 1 Timothy 3, 14 through 16. So again, Acts chapter 19, verse 1, verses 8 through 10, 21 through 31, and then I'll go to Timothy. This is how it reads in Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Verse number eight, and he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Before I go to verse 21, just let me make a quick note when it mentions in verse number nine that he went to the hall of Tyrannus. In some manuscripts, it says, it reads, and he took them and they, he taught them from 11 to 4. 11 to 4, or what's called from the fifth hour to the tenth hour is what oftentimes you will see in the Bible. Their day started at 6 a.m., so you would say the first hour. Sixth hour would be 12, ninth hour, three, the twelfth hour, six. They use a 12-hour clock for time. So verse number 21. Before I pick up with verse 21, when it says, now after these events, just want you to note in between that section, there is a situation that happens with the sons of Siva who were trying to mimic and imitate and trying to use the name of Jesus to expel or cast out demons. And they had seven sons of Siva, and they had said in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, that person, had, <laughs> I command you. And the Bible describes in those verses that the man that had been possessed by the demon, the demon turned to those seven and says, I know Jesus. And I know about Paul, but who are you? And the Bible described that he gave them such a, the Bible says, beating a thrashing that they left out, some Bible says, scantily clothed, in other words, naked and bleeding. This is what happens in between. And so the Bible says, now, after these events, so that's the background in regards to the verses that I didn't read, but so that you know. Verse 21, now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Acacia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. The way was another name for those that were called Christians. This new walk of life, Christians, the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, Artemis was a false god, brought no little business to the, to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, 
This Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence. She whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, those would be some of the officials who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. First Timothy chapter one, verse three. We've read this as this is what we have been dealing with. This is Paul's words to Timothy. First Timothy one, three. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Then finally, first Timothy three, 14 through 16. I hope to come to you soon. This is Paul saying to Timothy, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Holding fast to the word of God, part three. Ephesus was the most important city of the Roman province of Asia. It was the most important city. It is located on the western shore of Asia Minor. Asia Minor is now called Turkey. Ephesus was also known as the guardian of the temple Artemis. The Romans called the false god Artemis Diana. She is known in the statue, if you look at her, with many various, we would say, bulbs about her body. And many of them, of them give, give it a... Um, a symbol of sexuality, but they're not all sure of what they all mean. But there was a major problem in that city with idolatry and riotous living. Ephesus being known as the temple of Diana. See that in Acts chapter 19, verse 35, was a place where many people around the world would come to visit it was known for its trade and its, and its route near the harbor. Ephesus was, an, very it was a very important city. It had come into existence or had been a city about 1,000 years before Paul came there on his third missionary journey. Note that Paul doesn't come to Ephesus until his third missionary journey. Now remember, in his first missionary journey, in the book of Acts chapter 13, we note that he and Barnabas are sent out. And as they go out, the Lord, I believe it was on their second missionary journey, did not allow them to go into Asia. He wanted to, but the Lord prevented them from going because God's timing is perfect. You know, if you try to get ahead of God... You may realize that God has something for you, but you may not be ready for it right then. 
There are some times when we rush in to get something and we rush towards something, but God says it's not ready yet. You're not ready yet. But there are times when we demand our way and push ahead and we go ahead and get the very thing that God says is coming later that we sometimes blow it and we sometimes mess up the whole situation. So we have to remember that we must wait for God's timing. So because the Lord said, Paul, it's not time, he waited. But it was on the third missionary journey. So the city had been in existence at least 1,000 years before Paul comes there on his third missionary journey. Let me say this. When the, when the Lord does give you the, the privilege and the ability to move forward, you must not procrastinate. There are some people that procrastinate, and sometimes I'm one of them, (laughs) and we sometimes miss the blessing that God says now is yours. And we hold back sometimes because of fear. But when the Lord opens doors, we need to make sure that we learn how to walk through and walk through in authority. The temple of Artemis was built in the middle of the 6th century B.C., Now, while Paul comes there on this missionary journey and the city had been in had been in existence at least 1000 years before Paul arrives there on his third missionary journey. The temple was built in the 6th century B.C. That would be 600 to 501 B.C. before Christ. So in the middle of that 540, 550 B.C., but in the middle This temple had been built. It was the largest Hellenistic building in the Hellenistic world. Hellenistic means basically a Greek-speaking Jewish person. It is a Jewish person that spoke Greek. So when you see see the word Hellenist, it just means a person that speaks Greek or Hellenistic culture, the culture that has a Greek influence. It was the first enormous building that had been made completely of marble. The entire temple was made of marble. Can you imagine that? Some of you are glad with just a marble table, and you sit there and just glare at that table saying, Wow, I have a marble table. Come and take a look. But can you imagine a city, or rather a a building, Totally made of marble. The temple of Diana was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. People would flock to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Excavations have uncovered that there was an altar there. That's mentioned actually in Acts chapter 19 verse 29. You see, there are many people that have tried to deny the history of the Bible. But as time goes on, even more things are being discovered in these days. It was one of the wealthiest cities. Do you not know there were two homes found in Ephesus that had heated bathrooms? Many of the houses in Ephesus had running water. Things to where we oftentimes say, oh, those things weren't in existence. A heated bathroom, two of the homes. And many homes had running water. It was discovered they found a house of prostitution 
And they even found gambling tables. <laughs> Some of y'all wouldn't have to go to Reno. What's that place up north? Your 101. Huh? What is it? Grayton. There's even another one past Grayton. What's the other one? River Rock. I see. I knew you guys knew it. <laughs> Ephesus is one of the most important cities of the ancient world. It had a population of over 200,000 people. Now, when you consider Paul, Paul was in the habit of meeting people. In the city of Corinth, Paul meets the, the couple that we spoke about, Aquila and Priscilla. And because they had similar trades in tent making, he meets them, begins to work with them, and they accompany Paul to Ephesus. They became a great help and support to Paul. Why am I taking time to kind of go through this? Because Ephesus was a very important place. It was a city known for its wealth. And one of the problems that they encountered is that Paul came to town and began to teach and preach the word of God, and people's lives began to change. Do you not know that you have to do something with the word of God when you hear it? You can accept the word of God. You can reject the word of God. But you can't change the word of God. <laughs> you may try to change, but the word of God is going to accomplish what it has been set out to do. When Paul enters Ephesus, there had been a great cry from Paul preaching in the temple for three months. And when the people rebelled and said, we don't want to hear, Paul took those who said yes to the word of God. And he went to a lecture hall and he began to teach and to work with those who said yes to the will of the almighty God. You see, you don't need a whole city or town to repent, to make big changes. Let me say that again. You don't need a big city or even a lot of people to make big changes. Paul often would take a handful and turn a city upside down. The Lord did extraordinary, extraordinary works through Paul in his ministry. He did great and mighty things. And such happens in the city of Ephesus. There had been such a change in the lives of people. There had been a change where when the sons of Siva, that we didn't read the story that I explained to you, when the people saw what happened to these seven sons and saw how the power of God was manifested and what happened, the Bible said the people got scared. <laughs> Some of them got scared. And they got so, they became so frightened that those that had believed the message of Paul, the Bible said that they went home, got their books of magic and their other craft, and they began to burn them. They started a great bonfire and burned their books, burned their idols, and they said, Christ is to be extolled and began to worship him. And the issue here is that when people heard what happens to, happened to these sons of Siva, the Bible says it became known throughout all Asia, not only in Ephesus. You let something great happen in the place and you will find people flocking to that place to see what's happening. 
And it is because of this great event that happened there and Paul's preaching and changes taking place in the people's lives that a person by the name of Demetrius, a silversmith, he called all the craftsmen and said, you know what? We are losing money. Start messing with people's money and see what they do. <laughs> he said, you know, gentlemen, it might have been some ladies there, you know we make a good living by building and making idols to Artemis. And people around the world flock here, come to the temple, and they say, I want one of those idols. And you know that our business is booming, but Paul is causing a problem, and he's saying that Artemis is not a god because she's made by hands. There's only one god, and we are in jeopardy of losing everything. The Bible says that those that Demetrius spoke to and they were able to rouse up all of the people and they went to the theater that held 24,000 people. That theater has been uncovered in archaeology. It's been discovered that there was a great theater there that seated 24 to 25,000. And the Bible says, yes, it would be an amphitheater. That you would sometimes think of Mount Tam where you sit in an open space on concrete, exactly, in an amphitheater. And they rushed there and brought some people and forced them in. That was Paul's companions and others. And, and, and when they began to speak, some of them recognized that, oh, those are Jewish people. And the Bible says they yelled for two hours. Can you imagine I'm standing here trying to preach and from 11 to 1 o'clock they won't let me say anything. 24,000 or however many people decided to go to, they, they're, great is Artemis, great is Artemis, is what they're saying. People want to drown out truth. And if they don't like what you have to say, they won't use reason, they'll use emotion. Thank you for being quiet. We must understand that God uses reason. Paul was a great, mighty man of God. He was a mighty man, and the Lord used him to do great things. And all that the people that rushed into the theater, all that they had was that they could say, great is Artemis. Do you not know that God is able to defend himself? He's big enough, bad enough to be able to take care of his own business. You don't have to prop God up. All you have to do is preach the word of the Lord and let the word do its own thing. And that's what Paul did. And the Lord confirmed that Paul was, was a part of what he was doing with his servant by the miracles that he did and the lives that were changed by the preaching of the word. After they were able to resolve this particular matter and the person that had said this, this rioting, this chaos is not, being, is not going to be condoned. You all need to dismiss. And if they have a, if they have a, a complaint against Paul, the courts are open. Have them do it in the proper way. But right now, if we continue, we are, we're going to be in trouble of saying that we are causing a riot and Rome is not going to tolerate it. And so he dismissed them. It is in this city of Ephesus where Paul established believers and that you see also in chapter 20 where Apollos comes to him. Priscilla and Aquila began to teach, and Paul then goes through Ephesus and comes back later. It is this Ephesus that Paul tells Timothy, stay right there and preach the word amongst all the stuff that's happening. 
The Lord will take you and put you right in the midst of evil. And that's where God will often do his greatest work, right in the midst of darkness. If you are going to let your light shine, it needs to shine in the darkest corners of the world. Paul's instructions to Timothy is vitally important, and they are to be given and they are to be carried out regardless of the position and the supposed authority of the leaders that are there. Now I want you to note something. When Paul gave the instructions that you are to, that you are to stay in Ephesus, thank you, he tells him in chapter 3, my desire is to come to you and to be there. But, but, but Timothy, I am writing this to you to let you know that if I am delayed, this is how it is to be carried out. When you are opposed and you are still given a great message from God, you need to make sure that you don't allow intimidation tactics or anyone or anything keep you from speaking that which is true. I believe it was Jeremiah where the Lord says, don't you, be, don't you be scared of those people. I'm not sure if it was Jeremiah or Ezekiel, but one of the prophets. He said, you preach the word of God. Don't be afraid of the people. Preach the word of God. When I have to do a funeral, I preach the word of God. Because there will be some people that won't hear a message unless it's at a funeral because they're not going to church. And so there's an obligation to preach the word to those that are living. You know, funerals really are for those that are living. Yes, we go and we, we honor those that have passed on that are dead and do that which is right. But the message, the eulogy... The good news is to be given to those that are still on this side of eternity to say, we too one day have to pass this way. And so it becomes vitally important that we stand firm on God's word. One of the things I love about Paul is that he would not compromise. Timothy, I'm hoping to come to you. But like I told you when I was in Macedonia, you stay right there and proclaim the word. How many of you have been in a position to where you have, you have compromised the word? Uh, what do I mean? The Lord may have given you a message when you might have been amongst friends or individuals and you felt a prompting, but you say, oh, I can't say anything right now because it just, it just doesn't seem like the right timing. There are times when the Lord is prompting you that you need to speak. And my, my thought is just take a chance. You see, because why? Because People have to do something with the word of God. I say this in closing. If you have something worth giving, then you need to give it with all your heart and all your might. <laughs> if you have the word of God and it is true, why in the world do you want to hide it and keep it from being seen? One of the things that was noted by Demetrius and the craftsmen and those, they said this Paul. Is not only causing trouble in Ephesus, he's causing trouble around all the world. It is known, they said, that this same guy who's here has caused all this problem around the world talking about this, this Jesus person. And that Artemis is no great God. He's messing with our income. And the Bible makes clear that there was a change. 
In history, it is stated that when Paul came through, the effects of the, of the gospel influenced Ephesus, the Bible, well, the, not Bible, the history says, for centuries. When Paul came to town and the message that he left and told, telling Timothy, it made a change or had an effect upon Ephesus for centuries. The same word that was preached back then is the same word that is preached today. The one Lord, the one Christ. Today, God, we are grateful to you that we can stay right where we are and preach the word of God. No matter the opposition from Demetrius, those like Demetrius, no matter the opposition that comes from groups against the Lord. The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that is in Satan, the world. And so today we are thankful for the boldness of Paul to Timothy in the letter that you remain there in Ephesus. That which we have established, preach. Set elders in place, set bishops in place, set deacons in place. Teach others that they are not to teach false doctrine and do it with all the authority that has been given to you. So today, Lord, we are grateful that we have the wonderful privilege of being able to stand firm on the solid foundation of the word of God. We pray for those that are here today. We pray for loved ones. We pray for those that are still in, in the position of making decisions. Those that have not yet decided. May they, Lord, make the choice for Christ. We honor you. We glory in and we bless you. In the matchless name of our Savior. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand.